You sisters know that my skin has been glowing lately. And I'm here to tell you my secret. Oak Essentials. You've heard us talk about their line of luxurious products before, and we're so excited to have them as a sponsor of OK Sister Podcast because now you can join in on the glowy goodness. You know Oak Essentials is legit because it was created by none other than our favorite brand ever, Jenny Kane. Oak Essentials is known for its simple approach to self-care with a lineup of foundational skincare staples made with high-quality ingredients that drive results. It aims to unlock healthy, glowing skin with decadent and hydrating ingredients that give you a luxe, dewy glow. I won't shut up about the Moisture Rich Balm. It's a nutrient-rich balm that supports collagen production and delivers serious hydration for a luminous glow. And a luminous glow indeed. The way my skin feels like butter after applying this balm. This balm will make you never want to wear makeup again. And you can apply generously during your night routine to lock in moisture as you dream. It's the definition of beauty sleep. Treat yourself or someone else this season. You sisters will get 15% off and a free organic honey-based restorative mask with their first order. Oh my God, what a deal. When you use code OKSIS15 at checkout. That's right. 15% off plus a gift with your first order at O-A-K-E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-S.com. Promo code OKSIS15, OKAYSIS15. Go ahead and treat yourself. From luxurious skincare to meaningful self care, you deserve it. Welcome to OK Sis Podcast. Hi, sisters. I'm Maddie. And I'm Scout. And we are sisters IRL. I'm the older one. Yes, Scout. We know. We're cultural observers. And of curious minds. Get ready for sisterly banter while we chat about fixations, learnings, and personal growth. We promise it'll be a good time. As long as you don't get too loud, Mads. Welcome to the sisterhood. Hi sisters, Scout here, and only Scout, Mads is not on this episode since today is my September episode for my mental health chats, and I have the most amazing, inspiring interview coming your way with Gina DeVee, the author of The Audacity to Be Queen, but first, before we get into the episode, I wanted to give a little bit of a life update. I am getting ready to leave for Tulum with my sister. I'm going with my husband, my sister, and her boyfriend for a week to celebrate my 30th birthday, which is this September, sorry, this Saturday, September 18th, which is very wild. It feels like such an appropriate age for me. I am dying to be 30. I cannot wait. So going to Tulum to celebrate is going to be so beautiful and special. And it is very, very needed for me right now. As you sisters know, I am a month out into my book launch and I definitely uh, am a little burnt out, you know, birthing the the emotional entrepreneur into the world the way I did with a bunch of podcast episodes, an incredible party and all of the things that go into a launch. It was definitely a lot of output, a lot of energy, a lot of being on. And so I am really looking forward to getting away a little bit and just being in the present moment away from work. Uh, I also, you know, with that, just want to thank you, sisters. You guys made the Emotional Entrepreneur Book Launch what it was. You made the book hit number 11 
on Amazon for women in business and to continue charting in the top 100 for women in business this entire month. I have seen every single photo you have posted on Instagram and tagged me. I just so appreciate it. All of you who left five-star reviews on Amazon, the entire experience knowing you guys had my back and were supporting the emotional entrepreneur was one of the most humbling and special experiences of my life. So if you have not yet purchased my book, The Emotional Entrepreneur, you can get it on Amazon and I will leave a link in the show notes. And with that... Um, I'm going on vacation, sisters. I haven't not worked in two and a half years. Every time I go out of town, I am working. That is kind of the curse and the blessing that comes with entrepreneurship and being the owner and boss of a business. And for the first time since starting Scouts Agency, I am unplugging. I'm spending a week in the present moment. I am spending the week outside of my inbox, not I'm turning literally all notifications off, even my Slack, even my Google Cal, all the things. And so I am just so looking forward to that nourishing rest. And once that nourishing rest is over and I'm back at it, you can expect Scout Podcast to come back mid-October, which I'm also really excited about. But for now, I am about to celebrate my 30th birthday with my loved ones, with Mads, my husband, her boyfriend, in Tulum, unplugging and just being, just living and being. And I am really, really looking forward to it. So I have a feeling though that today's episode is going to inspire you sisters more more than you know. Gina is an incredibly inspiring woman. She has found a large, large success being a business coach. Uh, and with her book, she is asking women to, or help inspiring women to step into the age of the queen. Her book is The Unapologetic Art of Dreaming Big and Manifesting Your Most Fabulous Life. And if you sisters know me and my messaging and everything I preach when it comes to mental health and spirituality, uh, Gina speaks my language. I think you guys will will pick that up quite quickly. We talked about everything from how to play big, how to design your dream mindset, uh, what to do in the face of fear, how to rely on God and the universe for abundance. I mean, it went deep real fast. We, I told her that it was going to be a 30-minute interview and it ended up being an hour because I truly could talk to Gina forever. So I hope you sisters love this. If you read my book, The Emotional Entrepreneur, you will love the audacity to be queen. So I will also leave the link to her book in the show notes as well. I read it front to cover and it was such a, I talk about this on the episode, but her book really provides that macro level of playing big and stepping into your personal power as well as that micro level through her anecdotes, through her experience. Um, as a therapist and as a life coach, there is just so many nuggets of wisdom in there that I stopped and was able to integrate during this episode. So I hope you enjoy, sisters. And if you are not, come follow me on Instagram at Scout Sobel. Okay, sisters, enjoy. We have the queen here, the queen. I refer to Gina DeVee as the queen. She is the author of The Audacity to Be Queen. And I am so honored because we're going to be talking a lot about mindset and playing small. But first, Gina, how are you? Oh, Scout, thanks so much for having me. It's, I'm, I'm so honored to be here. I just adore you. And I'm so grateful to uh, be in this conversation to support women um, with mindset, mental health, and playing big. Yeah, so you're one of my favorite people because... <laughs> 
you have the traditional psychology background, mm-hmm. kind of the life coach, and as well as really ahead of the narrative on women taking up space, women stepping into their personal power, women women having financial freedom, emotional freedom, all of those things. So I feel like you so beautifully connect the two worlds because as you sisters know, I have been in the therapy world for years since I was 14, but it wasn't until I hired a mindset coach that my healing sped up. And a lot of the times, Gina, people find that to be, I don't know if the word is controversial, but something of a little bit of attention of, well, is your coach credible and all these things, et cetera. So I love that you blend the two worlds. And can you, I don't know if comment on that, but do you see the psychology worlds and the life coaching worlds kind of starting to overlap a little bit more? It's such a great question. Uh, It honestly depends on what circle you're in. So I'm a big believer in everyone gets to, needs to, should do whatever works for them. Um, You know, if cognitive behavioral psychology works for you, if success coaching works for you, if metaphysics works for you, like do what works for you. For me personally, so I was trained in humanistic and clinical psychology. And the essence of that is, they call it being in, being with, and being for the client. So it's very client-centered. It's very, the client has the answer. It's very not directive, advice-giving, revealing nothing about yourself and your own personal journey. And it's really about asking the clients enough questions so that they get to the right uh, result for them or the, you know, the right outcome. And uh, I believe in all that to a point (laughs) only because we are not yet living to be a thousand years old um that you know it's a it's a it's a natural process it's a holistic process it's an organic process that can yield really great results and it can take a really 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 long time um for someone to get to that place themselves so what i personally love is the mix um so as a former therapist, I can ask people questions and see how kind of quickly they can come to it themselves. And then based on whatever someone's working on, you know, interject coaching, where it is a bit more directive to help people get to the desired result a bit quicker. Beautiful. I'm in a mastermind and now we're all coaching each other. You know, Mm -hmm. we send voice notes and like, I'm coaching her, she's coaching me. And it's kind of become the way we talk to one another. And it's a really beautiful way to talk to one another. I know every coach is different, et cetera, but it has been one of the most transformational experiences in my life to get that level of support in addition to therapy. So I'm just, it's just awesome to see someone who does both. Cause I think they're so, so important to kind of either do a mix to do whatever works for you, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But today, of course, this is what happens. You see this little loony right here? She's like the third co-host of OK Sis because She's whenever a, I go on Clearly a queen. Clearly whenever, a queen. <laughs> she was getting in on this queen conversation. <laughs> she, have you seen her? Look at this thing. Oh no, she's gone. She's a fluffy Pomeranian. So anyways, <laughs> I want to talk specifically about chapter five of your book, Stepping Out of the Shadows. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to talk about it because- As I have launched my own book, as I have 
you know, gotten on this mic, you know, I started getting on the mic with OKSIS podcast thinking no one was listening. And now I know that people are listening. And so I'm thinking of myself as what is my message? How do I show up in the public, quote unquote, the public eye, et cetera, in rooms, et cetera. And I really kind of come into this narrative of stepping into my personal power. Mm-hmm. However, when people hear that, who maybe are a couple steps behind in that personal development journey, that seems very uh, abstract and intangible. So another way to put it is that um, playing small or playing big. And I have made a very, very big commitment in my own life to playing big in all aspects, even when that is uncomfortable. And I think one of the main tenets of my messaging is the discomfort part of that. So Mm -hmm. can you talk a little bit about what you mean when you say playing small versus playing big? Mm -hmm. So I think for everyone to be able to ground in this, you know, stepping into your personal power applies to every single person, every single day, basically with every single decision you make. And so you don't have to think that this doesn't apply to you and you don't need to make it more difficult than, than it actually is. We all know what our next edge is. If it's learning to say no, if it's setting a boundary, if it's being courageous enough to speak up, if it's, um, I don't know, letting yourself like look a little more glamorous rather than like dimming your light physically, like whatever it is, you know what the next level is. And so we're just calling that stepping into your personal power. And then really getting, you know, I think that also for this generation to understand every generation kind of does the work so that ideally the next generation doesn't have to do the same work. You know, we want to go like, like the women who went before us, like they worked so that we would have the right to vote. They worked so that we could own businesses and have our own bank accounts. And, you know, like, so all that, like, that's not our biggest thing. Like, we don't have to wake up, like figuring out how we're going to fight for the right to vote today. And so I think if we like women who went before us in the workplace and women who, you know, I'm 48 years old. So I think there was so much in my generation that was about transforming the money story and getting worthy. And so, and I, I, I see that so many millennials and I, I'm, you know, everyone's unique. So I'm, I'm generalizing here, but I see so many millennials do not have the same, like, oh my goodness, I could never do that, that, that people of my generation did and worked through. And so I just want to really encourage everyone for the generations that have gone before you don't dim your light. You deserve to be here. You deserve to shine your light. Um, You are needed. Your voice is meant to be heard or you wouldn't be here. And so there's actually a responsibility that comes with like having a pulse. (laughs) And it's about playing big and showing up and not waiting for someone else to give you permission, but giving it to yourself. And you know what your desires are. So just act on them rather than keep thinking that someone else has the mic, has the spotlight, deserves more center stage than you. Um, We all deserve it at this point. I'm so happy that you said the generational part of this, because as I was reading your book, as someone who's in the personal development game and considers herself someone who is stepping into her, you know, playing big, not playing small and, and really moving head on with these mindset stuff, et cetera. I was reading your book and I was wondering, 
if my generation was going to get it. I mean, not, not understand it. If we were going to be the generation to completely implement these on the next scale, because I really feel as if potentially, and, and let me know if I'm generalizing here, obviously, but potentially in your generation, it was about asking these questions and breaking the mold and deciding to do what they wanted to do in many ways. It's what I saw with the mothers of my friends, um, not necessarily having financial freedom or not doing the work they really wanted to do. Um, and it feels as if my generation, if we just so choose to listen to the codes of wisdom that you bring forth in the audacity, you know, in your book, that we can be a generation who kind of breaks through those limiting beliefs, breaks through being small. And obviously everyone's at a different pace, but potentially with all the information going on with podcasts, with books, with courses, all of this stuff is so mainstream. You know, when I was 14, therapy was weird, right? And now here we are talking about playing big, play, playing small, the universe, all of this stuff is now becoming kind of in our everyday jargon. Do you see our generation rising up to the wisdom that you are being, that you are passing down in your book? Ever since having a baby, I've been extremely conscious about what I spend my money on and which products I use. And clothing is no different. I want my wardrobe to be sustainable, good quality, and timeless. You have to be talking about Whimsy and Row, right? Whimsy and Row is an LA grown, eco conscious brand born out of the love for cute, comfy, and classic styles. Every piece is made by women for women. Quality goods, local production, natural and organic fabrics. Yes, please give me all the linens. Just like OK Sister, Whimsy and Row is based on the idea that women are multidimensional. There's a balance of flirty feminine and minimal masculine in all of our wardrobes, and Whimsy and Row means exactly that. From special occasions to everyday effortless styles, their clothing is meant to mix and match and wear on repeat. I have been wearing their Kira pant in black linen probably three times a week. Sisters, if you've been listening to this podcast or following me on Instagram, you know that Whimsy and Rose Kira Pant in Black Linen is a sisterhood staple at this point. Founder Rachel Temko created the brand back in 2014 because she wanted to create an approachable and inclusive brand that cared for the people and the planet first. Get the full Whimsy experience IRL at their Venice location or shop online at whimsyandrow.com. Their store in Venice is so cute. I can attest. And if you're in LA, I highly recommend stopping by. They are always putting on these amazing community events. They just launched their spring summer collection and we will be living in it all summer long. Visit their website, whimsyandrow.com. That's W-H-I-M-S-Y-A-N-D-R-O-W.com and use code OKSISTER for 15% off. Sisters, my goal these days is to always look put together when I leave the house. Nothing over the top or super dressed up or anything like that. I just want to look put together and feel good about what I'm wearing in an effortless yet refined way. When I look at my closet every single morning and think about what I can wear that is chic and intentional, I usually end up grabbing one of my Jenny Kane sweaters and I always end up loving the way I look and the way I feel in them. You all know, sisters, that when I envision my highest self, I am wearing Jenny Kane. Their sweaters are the quintessential must-have item. 
I cannot stop wearing my Marina set. I throw it on and immediately feel like I'm in a Nancy Myers movie. Like I could just walk on the beach in Santa Barbara. It is the coastal grandma aesthetic. My favorite Jenny Kane sweater right now is their everyday sweater in taupe. This is the definition of a staple that every woman must have in their wardrobe. Sisters, trust me on this one. I wear it with leggings, oversized jeans and a little kitten heel or a silk maxi skirt. Legit, Mads and I are so obsessed with wearing our Johnny Kane sweaters that we've literally shown up both wearing the same sweater once. The white alpaca cocoon crew neck, which is this deliciously oversized sweater. Yeah, that moment takes the cake. Both of us walking in with our matching Jenny Kane sweaters. We're obsessed. Can't take them off. Wearing them every day. The type of staples that save your outfit. That is what I love about their entire collection. It is truly the art of simplicity. They focus on comfort, quality, and timeless design. So you can curate a wardrobe that never goes out of style. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code OKSIS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order, J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code OKSIS. O-K-A-Y-S-I-S. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Okay, sisters, let's talk about hair shedding. Does the craziness of everyday life leave you stressed and shedding? Since having kids, have you started seeing a little more of your scalp? Hi, I've been there. When it comes to thinning hair, there are many root causes at play, and Nutrafol addresses them through a multi-targeted whole body approach. Ugh, thinning hair just isn't the vibe. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster-growing hair with less shedding. Amen. Everyone's root causes of hair thinning are different, so a one-size-fits-all approach to hair growth just doesn't cut it. Nutrafol has multiple formulas that are tailored to give your hair what it needs to grow through different stages, such as postpartum, like me. After I gave birth, I noticed that around the crown of my head, my hair was shedding. I've been taking Nutrafol for almost three months at this point, and I am not kidding you when my husband, my friends, my family have been commenting on how long, strong, and healthy my hair has been looking lately. I mean, sisters, if you've been watching OK Sister on YouTube, you've seen my hair. While many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrafol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol women's hair growth supplement for six months. I mean, 86% is a lot of women. Take their hair wellness quiz on Nutrafol.com for a personalized hair health plan based on your specific root causes. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code OKSIS. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code OKSIS. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code OKSIS. To a degree, um, you know, I think what's so cool was in my generation, like 
we watched Oprah or Tony Robbins or Wayne Dyer or Marianne Williamson. And it was very much like the age of the guru, so to speak. And there was like the them and then us. And one of the beautiful things about the internet is it just straight up leveled the playing field. Everyone was a media outlet. Everyone had the microphone. Um, everyone had access to the global marketplace. And so there was a real, even though the technology was there, there was a real shift in psychology for someone like me. You know, I was in my late 20s when the internet came out um, and like kind of coming to age in my early 30s. So it was like, oh, right, I don't have to wait for someone. Like I get to, to, to step into this. So there was a psychology aspect and then there was the technological aspect. The thing that I would just really want to encourage all generations and especially yours is drop into the substance a bit more, drop mm. into the spiritual connection. You know, I, I love, you know, I understand the pendulum swing psychologically. Like we went from like, there are only a few stars and you can't be a star among stars, which is what I do talk about in my book. Like the psychology was there's a star and everybody else follows. So then there's like been this pendulum swing for like influencer where it's like before we were like, oh, I could never. And now it's look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. And, you know, I just, I want there to be a healthy grounding because when it's when anything is outside of you when the distraction is outside of you or the drive is outside of you meaning it's competitive or fear-based or feeling like lack in any way it's never going to really be sustainable or fruitful or ultimately enjoyable and so i would just love to see even more grounding more substance more uh, more internal, like really doing the deeper questions. Like I see you so often doing that, like, who am I and what am I about? And what am I meant to contribute as I shine my light? You know, um, so I think that that's an area, depth is an area of opportunity for your generation. Where do you see yourself still playing small? Where do you catch yourself and say, ooh, ooh, we're, we're, we're worried about what someone thinks. We're thinking about our image. We're in fear. Where do you, where do you see yourself still playing small today? Mm. It's, you know, you turn 40 and a few things change. So it's not those things as much famous last words. Right. Um, you know, cause I've been through a lot of that. I think, you know, one of the, one of the big ways I was playing small, um, and didn't even see it was, and it hit me like a ton of bricks at earlier this year. So for the past, I've been doing this work for the past 20 years. In the past 15 years, I've been like a business success coach and it has served me well. And I have served many uh, well also. And I don't know, I just thought I'd like be like Bob Proctor. I'd be like walking out on stage as I'm like 93 years old, still talking about the same thing because transforming the money story did change my life. And all this personal development work, like I, rem I, you know, for those that don't know, I'm a school teacher's kid from Detroit. Like I remember Gina from Detroit, um, you know, the woman before I had a multi-million dollar women's empowerment business. And so I always wanted to be a voice for the woman who hadn't heard this information yet. And so I'm trucking through 2020 and I know it was a devastating year for so many. And um, th that was just not my personal experience. It was my compassionate experience, but 
you know, my business was booming. I shifted, pivoted everything online. Fine. 2021 hits and I'm like going for it. Like I always do. And nothing was working scout. Like my launches weren't taking off. Facebook ads were more expensive than ever. I was having less fun than ever working harder than ever for lower numbers, watching all of my friends, you know, just crushing it like and like slaying their launches and just like what's wrong with me and then my effects machine is like am I just a has-been like over like all of the ego stuff and all of the the fear-based stuff and so I cried every day of January um thinking that I wasn't enough that I wasn't relevant that what was wrong with me and in February but like white knuckling it holding on and because I've had launches not go well before. I've had to dust myself off. I've had to pull the next rabbit out of a hat. Every entrepreneur has. And my poor husband, I did not cry every day of February. I sobbed because <laughs> my resistance was so strong. And then in March, my father went into the hospital and it's a little cliche to say that like stuff like this has to wake you up, but it did and nothing else mattered. And I went to be by his bedside and I just really, I. I surrendered, like I finally gave it up. And surrender does not mean to give up or drop your desires or lower your expectations. Surrender means to give over to God. And in that moment I did, and I, what I, the point I'm making here is the way that I was playing small was I could not see bigger or better for myself than being a business coach. Like I thought that's who I was. I thought that's how I made my money. I thought that's what people wanted from me. Like my whole ecosystem revolved around it. And I, and I, I also didn't even like it that much anymore. Like if one more person would ask me, Gina, what do you think of my squeeze page? Or what do you think like my, who I'm ideal client should be? I was like, gonna like lose it. So I'm even then I'm like holding on to this thing that I didn't even want, but I just, I, I couldn't see past, wouldn't let myself see past it until I went into surrender. And so fast forward a few short months, like I'm the universe just showed, like I surrendered it. It's like, you take a rock out of the ocean and a wave will swoop in. Like co collaborations have swooped in, like opportunities have swooped in. Like, I don't, nobody even wants business coaching from me anymore. And all they want is a spiritual. All they want is the queen. All they want is the big thinking. I'm like, what? I could have been talking about this all along. So to answer your question, um, my self-identity in the form of my career was one way that I was definitely playing small. Um, and I think there's, there's, uh, you know, I write about in my book, there's the school of love, the school of money and the school of health. And I'm very much in the school of money and I can see myself, I give, I'm going to share this, but I'll, I'll happily share it. So there's something I'm working on that requires, um, a significant sum of money that I do not currently have. And this is not new to me. This has like been my journey the whole time I write about it in the book. Um, so I like, but there's just more zeros now. So it's like, and so I have to like take myself through the same process everyone else does if they're manifesting anything, but particularly money. It's like, okay, what's the purpose? What's it for? What's the specific amount? And I'm like doing all the normal stuff. And I'm a little more evolved. And I'm like, okay, I acknowledge that Gina DeVee thinks that this is a big amount of money. I also acknowledged I had enough in me to know God doesn't think this is a big amount of money. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, so I'm making this thing so big. And I think that for all of us in playing small, we think that something's such a big deal. 
and it is for us in our humanness and where we're at in our current mindset, but it's not in terms of the universe and it's not in terms of spirit and it's not in terms of the infinite. So I went into to, to prayer and prayer is my way of speaking to the divine. And so I like made my requests and then I do go into meditation, which is when I actually shut up and I let the divine speak to me. And so when I went into this meditation, I was like in this house, it was kind of an older house. And anyways, it not one I was familiar with. And I felt God with me. And I felt myself in the meditation asking God for this specific amount of money for a specific purpose. And I could feel that I still felt it was really big. And God was so generous and love, like emotionally generous and loving. And there was this like, slide in the floor and God pulled back the slide and it was filled with gold coins and then it kept going and going and going and it was like almost like the yellow brick road like this winding road of gold coins and it was just another indicator of how small my thinking is um you know even around specifically in this place around money and just how, if we just open up to what the divine actually has in store for us, uh, anything is possible. There's so much, there's three things I want to touch upon. One, what you just said that, you know, in Gina's mind, it was a lot, but in God's mind, it's not. That's a very similar thing that came to me at my book lunch party. When I gave a speech, I said, we as humans have limitations on what we think is possible for this lifetime. And I didn't want my limitations. I wanted God's limitations. Of course, God has no limitations, but um, for the sake of kind of painting this picture. So that's such a beautiful way. If anyone is living in lack, if anyone is wondering how to play big, it's to know that we are wired to have certain like ceilings. And if we can allow that ceiling or give up that ceiling to God, the game changes. So there's this aspect of surrender with which Gina, I, I want to talk to you about because that's another one of those things for me where it's like playing big surrender, really abstract concepts. And for me, it has been the, the, uh, the lesson of the year for me for the past year, I've been learning to surrender. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I cheat myself. I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to surrender and then I'll check my email and the thing I'm waiting for will happen. But that's not how a surrender works. It's not on your timeline. It's completely giving up control, which giving up control for me while, while paradoxically being in your manifestation of what you want to happen. It's spirituality is the biggest paradox and it blows your mind. But mm -hmm. can you talk about ways for women to surrender into the dreams of their lives. Mm -hmm. Sorry, into the lives of their dreams. Yeah. <laughs> um, so first of all, I think that everyone has a divine assignment on any given day. And sometimes the divine assignment is take a nap, make a healthier food choice, uh, shut down your computer at two o'clock, and sometimes the divine assignment is like, forgive your mother. No, like really forgive your mother or let that resentment go from that whoever betrayed you or you feel betrayed by. And I think that surrender is also very similar. Like we, sometimes we think like, you know, you gotta like surrender your firstborn or something to like qualify for surrender or like, 
you know, for me, surrendering my identity career as I career and income generating forces as I knew it, that was a really big surrender for me. Um, last night, I saw something online where I was like tempted to get resentful. And it was like, it was a, it was a petty, stupid little like jealousy kind of thing. And that one was, was much easier. That was really like, just put your spiritual tools in place. And it was like, I could shift it. So I think that when, if people are, people will know what their divine assignment is for, for the day. And don't think that something is too small or too big for surrender to apply. Sometimes the small stuff helps us build our spiritual muscles so that when the bigger stuff comes, um, we're, we're ready for it. And, and sometimes it's just, you got to do the quantum leap if you're facing a, a divorce or a diagnosis or like one, some of the quote unquote bigger things, but remembering with God, like, you know, the course of miracles says there's no order of difficulty in miracles. And so really we're all just asking for a miracle. When you said the divine assignment of the day, my body just relaxed because I'm taking on the divine assignment of my life. Right. And that can be, you know, sometimes you're in the zone and it's stoked and you're excited about the big vision, but sometimes, you know, sometimes you have to zoom out and sometimes you have to zoom in mm -hmm. many times. Mm -hmm. And so that was a gift that you just gave me because I have been in fear over the big divine assignment when today really I know which what my divine assignment is today. Exactly. Yeah. And that's it. Yep. That's it. That's all I have to think about. Yes. Um, something you said earlier before you started talking about surrender is, you know, when you think about business coach Gina and now mm -hmm. evolving into this next spiritual, you know, inspiring women to step into their queen queenhood. Kingdomhood. Mm -hmm. um, when you do personal development work and when you trust in your own evolution, you say goodbye to versions of yourself. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's been very difficult. Mm -hmm. So for example, in my early twenties, I was very almost like goth punk. I got tattoos for the fuck of it. I listened to, you know, Elliot Smith and like really depressing music. Um, and I was in my feels of this creative, artistic, suffering world. And I wrote poetry and I smoked cigarettes and I hanged out at the coffee shops. And when people get better, a common theme they say is, well, if I take this medication, will it squash my creativity? Because we have preconceived notions of what real creativity is. And so I went on a healing journey where I didn't write poetry. I didn't listen to those musics. I didn't really sit in that life for a very long time as I healed. Mm -hmm. And the other night I missed that, that scout, that version mm -hmm. of me. Mm -hmm. And so I put together a playlist of the music I used to listen to. And I wrote some poetry and I was in my feels, but it was just this wild, wild trip of looking at how different I can be at different stages of my life and how if you would have told me the one who dropped out of college and was like rebelling against x y and z that i would be a business owner 
it would be laughable at 21 year olds now, but how do you evolve and let go of old versions of yourself that are no longer serving you and yet still integrate them and know that they had a really great place in your journey? Well, there's older versions that no longer serve where you're genuinely ready to graduate. Like you just, you don't miss it anymore. Um, you know, for me that involved, like, I don't miss dating the local loser rock stars of Detroit. I just, I, I do miss hanging out at a dive bar sometimes. I, I don't miss newbie technical checklisty nuts and bolts business coaching. I, um, I, so here's where I'm going with it. The pieces that you miss pay attention mm. because you may have like lifestyles come in packages. And so sometimes we'll just get rid of the entire package, but we'll like keep what we'll like, maybe there was part of that package that was actually meant to journey on. And so I think, especially in the entrepreneurial space, um, a lot of creativity unnecessarily gets left in the past, a lot of passion, a lot of emotion, um, because all of a sudden there's a computer and an internet and Excel sheet and, and like a different way that we're supposed to be. Um, and so I do believe that we are, you know, when I say the age of queen is now in my book, I do believe we are heading into this more, not even holistic, but actually feminine forward place. And the feminine arts are about poetry and passion and play and, and pleasure. So I'm not surprised that those elements want to come in. So, you know, I don't know what you're missing. You might not be missing like the emotional dark space that you are in, but you might be missing the creative outlet and some of the funkiness that actually has an edge that is very much a part of you that's not supposed to even not be. Yeah, you know, I in business can tend to operate solely in the masculine. Mm -hmm. And so with my book launch, when I did that photo shoot with this like green dress ball gown, gorgeous, it was this it just ignited something in me. And I decided, I don't care if it's good for business. I don't care. I'm going to have a, a monthly photo shoot mm -hmm. where I pick a vibe. It's mm -hmm. not just like the outfits I wear on a daily basis, but it's a lot more imaginative. So I think you're right that the feminine is calling in it. And I like how you said too, if you have a past part of you that is coming through, there is potentially an aspect of that that still serves you today and you don't have to take the whole package. I don't have to wear Doc Martens and smoke at the, the random coffee shop anymore. I can really truly be who I am today while saying, hey, I need to insert more creativity into my life for the sake of being creative. Exactly. Like I'm not missing the uh, those guys, but I did buy a keyboard this year. <laughs> you know, it's like 
you know, so much of that stuff, at least for me, that stuff, I was trying to date who I really wanted to become. And so it's like, and I never really let that out because then like business owner took priority. And so now more play and passion is taking priority. And so now there is a keyboard and I play around with that. I love that. I want to quote a sentence that you said in your book, Mm -hmm. which hit me because I think we talk a lot about designing our dream life. What does it look like? What job do we have? What house are we living in? How much money do we need to achieve that? And then what are the actionable steps we can take to create that dream life? But you said, designing your mindset is one of the most fun and empowering skill sets a woman can develop. And the idea of designing your mindset hit me like a ton of bricks because we all hear your thoughts create your reality. We get it. We've heard it 25 million times. And yet I understand it. I've lived it. I've created that. But that phrase never hit me emotionally or in a really powerful way. But designing your mindset is something that feels fun. Maybe I don't know if it's because you wrote fun, but it feels Mm -hmm. fun to me. It feels like, okay, what do I want the inside of my head to look like? What do I want the narrative to be? What screen am I projecting behind this forehead? How do I want to make my mindset make me feel? And Mm -hmm. suddenly it wasn't, okay, replace the negative thought with a positive thought. It was imaginative. It was fun. It was expansive. And I saw the direct correlation between if I'm going to design what I see out here right now, I also get to design what I feel inside. And so can you talk about designing your mindset and for any of our sisters listening, mm-hmm. what ways we can start to play in that zone? Yes, yes, yes. So clearly you are obsessed with all things feminine, which I could not be more thrilled about. Yeah, because I, um, I you know, I need to master it. That's probably <laughs> Well, it's, um, and, but what you're seeing is like the universe is also call, calling this forth, you know, the, in, in women like us, where the, the feminine arts, they've been not just like shoved down, sequestered, backburnered, like they've been straight up made wrong, straight up made wrong. And um, which has forced us women to place logic and all things masculine at the forefront and just not even allow any time for brainstorming or you know cultivating our our passion and play muscles our, our the muscles of the intuition also and then we and others make our in, intuitive impulses wrong if they don't make logical sense so I'm got to check in. Am I going to share this? Um, <laughs> so there are, well, I, I, want, I want people to, to be able to ground. So if you read in my book, when I was so, like everyone was like, you should like wake up wanting to leap out of bed in the morning. And like uh, at that point, the honeymoon of entrepreneurship had totally worn off. And I was like, it was a job. It was work. I wasn't leaping out of bed in the morning to figure out how to set up an affiliate link and like an autoresponder. And so I was like, what would actually have me feel like I was leaping out of bed in the morning? And it was to go to Italy. And I was $75,000 in debt, a, a budding business that didn't make 
any sense according to Western culture and financial planners and anybody who thought that they were like responsible and knew better than me. But the feminine impulse in me, it wouldn't go away. Like, I, like that's what would have me. And I wanted to feel good. Like I wanted to play. I wanted to live a big life and I didn't know how to get there. But I knew that like sitting behind my computer one more day at my little apartment in Santa Monica wasn't going to get me there either. So I, I did it step by step. And I see women doing this all the time. They're taking themselves out of the game because they don't have all the money for the thing or whatever. I was like, Gina, just put it in motion. And I went and I looked up how, how much were a couple of coach tickets to get to Italy from LA. Like it was like that boom. I didn't even have that amount of money, but all I did was I went and I worked, I don't remember what it was, but let's say oh, it was a thousand bucks for two tickets or something. I went and made the thousand dollars and I went and bought the tickets. Boom, that was in motion. Therefore I was going to Italy for sure. Next, how much was the hotel? Boom, went and made that amount of money. Like, and I just took it step by step. I didn't realize because I actually thought it was super selfish to go to Italy. I was just obsessed and gave myself permission to be. I didn't realize the double blessing of what God was actually looking to do through me, which was to get me to Italy. Because once I got to Italy, that's where I was like actually physically living divine living. Like I was on the Amalfi coast and I was shopping and there's like more stories in there that explain even more. But the point is, I had only been talking about queen from like a psychological or a symbolic sense. And it was like the universe was like moving me along for my brand to have an actual physical, visual aesthetic sense. And so that was all born there. And I, I didn't, that wasn't why I was going. I, I didn't have that thunk up before I went. So if we will all just start trusting our intuition more, and need it to make less sense, or at least not having logic and practical be the reason you do something. Um, I was at a, I was hosting a retreat recently, and someone said, um, "Okay, so here's what's practical." I said, "I'm already uninterested." <laughs> um, okay, some some fear is coming up when you yep. talk about this because it's something that I tr I did this year. Okay. Yep. I put more amount of money into my book launch than I have put into anything. Okay. And I'll say it, I'm going to say it. I didn't pay off my credit card bill <gasps> for the first time in my <laughs> entire fucking life, Gina. Mm -hmm. And I did that very purposely. I knew, I knew what the balance was going to be at the end mm -hmm. of this. Mm -hmm. I knew that it was going to take a couple months, which is like not a big deal to pay mm -hmm. off. Mm -hmm. And I knew that technically my dad in my back head, mm -hmm. the financial advisor in my back head, the whatever in my, the men, the men in my back head. Debtor's prison coming for you. Yeah. Was like, this is, you spend what you have. And mm -hmm. yes, you do. And when something, you know, I believed in this dream so much. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, like you did, didn't trust the logic. I took the intuitive leap. I wanted the book launch at that place. And that mm -hmm. was it. Mm -hmm. And I was empowered while I did it. And I'm seeing the fruits of my labor. Mm -hmm. It was very hard for fear not to come into the picture when one takes risks and takes a leap that is beyond their comfort zone. And I always preach to do things despite the discomfort, of course, 
because I know that once I surrender this fear that I'm experiencing post book launch, which is also post exhaustion and stress and burnout. And so that always adds to the, the lies that I'm telling myself in my head. Mm-hmm. When one trusts their intuition and makes a big jump, how do we do so without fear stealing the result from us? Depends on how much you trust God. Like if there's a big difference between Mm. trusting your intuition and being impulsive. Yes. So, you know, you gotta, you gotta own it. My, that particular trip to Italy was not indulgence. It was not impulsive. It was divinely guided. And I've done plenty of things in my life that have been impulsive and overindulgent. Um, and that never feels good. It's just, it's just like food. If, if you overeat or undereat, it, ju- it just doesn't feel good. And women, how are you going to know the difference if you don't do both? How are you going to know what alignment actually is for you if you haven't eaten too little or too much so you, that you do know what's just right? So I don't make anyone wrong over, look at, I actually think that more women, if they really woke up, they would be in so much more pain about the money that they didn't spend versus the money that they did. Yeah. You know what? I got to, I've known this for the past week. Like I got to, I got to fucking shape my mindset up. Like it has been not the mindset that I operate on. Um, and it's because I had ex- exact expectations of what would happen exactly after I spent that money and that's me being in control and that's me not surrendering and trusting God which as I was spending the money as I was crafting this dream launch it was a divine intense trust Mm -hmm. and the minute it was over my human ego came in and with the fear and the etc so you've given me more gifts today than than I can count um I got one more for you though so so here's the thing that I, I think that happens for all of us in that kind of like good for you. You, you had the dream, you followed the dream. So there's all this expansion going on around like the visualization, the creativity, your frequency is raising the environment that you're putting yourself in who you're like, it was all like, and then when that particular event ended, what we can do is we can end the support from the universe also. And so my encouragement to you and everyone else and myself also is that as we go into the expansion, keep asking for more, keep asking for greater guidance without us needing to go into the constriction. So it's like, so if you were divinely guided to, so money is just energy. So do you put in an extra level of energy into this dream of having birthed the book So then continue then to ask, then how can even more energy come in to support that so that you don't go into a place of constriction financially or in your mindset? Mm. Wow, I never thought I could ask. I'm realizing this now. I've logically known this, but I, I didn't think I could ask for more after that because it was in my mind such an expansive experience that I was like, this is the ceiling of what I get to do this year. Right. And so I didn't ask for more. I asked for my check. I said, okay, I'm collecting. 
I'm collecting from my expansive experience. Right. And, and you yeah. declared it's going to take you two months to pay this off. Yeah. And so that's what the universe is providing because you declared it. Sisters, if you're listening right now, there's subtle things happening right here, but it is literally just the fact that because I felt this way, because I felt that it would take X amount of time, it will take X amount of time. And because that's not what my heart desires and that I'm stepping into fear, it actually might take me longer because I'm constricting the flow of what is available to me. Also, you can tell that this two-month time frame is not right for you. No. Because it doesn't feel good. Mm -mm. And so if we start to pay attention, like, oh, wow, it doesn't feel good that it's going to take me, not because of your fucking father, it yeah. doesn't feel good to you. I mean, granted, we all have that conditioning, like dad's like, I told you so and whatever, but like, you're just like, I'm a queen. I have access to the infinite. I was guided to spend X number of dollars slash energy on this. So rather than constrict it, now it's about even more expansion. So universe, show me what you got. Oh. So when you, when I was living on $2,000 a month, I would ask for $2,000 a month and I would get somewhere between 18,000 to 1800 to $2,000 a month. So I was always at zero or a little less than. And then one day it dawned on me, Gina, what if you ask for $5,000 a month? Mm. That was like, oh, having two and a half months worth of bills in the bank. That was like mind blowing to me, but it was just a simple asking for more. And so when we can feel like it's interesting, I just moved to Miami and, um, I, you know, I've done my, you know, there's just like different seasons in a woman's life. Like there was like a time when I needed 10 pairs of Jimmy choose in a year. And then it's like, I have them and I've had them. And it's just not the thing for me at this moment. But anyways, we, we recently moved to Miami. And so we've been looking for, we've just rented for a year to figure it out. And then we're looking for a home. And so at first I was being like super reasonable just because I was like, we travel a lot, whatever. And I was like, uh -uh. and then like, I bumped it up to be like, all right, well, we could do this, you know what? And there was like nothing. So then I doubled it, which was like a little, I mean, I could like, it's not doable in this moment but with a little hustle. I could make it happen. Like, it's like, it's like just like the slightly next level. Scout, there was like, I was not, I'm not even being a diva here. Like I was just like, there is like not one place, even at this doubled amount that I would move into that, that wouldn't have to at least renovate like the kitchen, the bathrooms. And then ironically, I follow some chick on Instagram who happens to be a realtor and she was like showing a place that like I wasn't, so I wasn't even like on Redfin or realtor.com or whatever. And she was showing a place and I was like, that's it. And it was like double of the double. And so I was like, wow, like I, there's a reason why A, B, and C don't feel good and I'm going to trust it. And so even though it's like so beyond like what we're used to asking for, how we're used to thinking of ourselves, like the, the, like the size of whatever playing field, it's not too big for God. And mm. so that was another way that I realized it was like, well, if that's the level that feels right to me, then all right, I got some redesigning of my mind to do.
Oh my, I know the level that feels right to me. I know it. I, I, I have it in my head. I, I know exactly what it is, Gina. And I, for some reason this week, just this week was talking myself out of why that's not doable. And that's, and, and listen, I've, I've done so much work on myself that I have the self-awareness to know, Hey, this, this loop isn't me. This mindset isn't me. It, it's time to change it. And, you know, sometimes you have to sit in it. Sometimes you have to send voice notes of yourself screaming to your best friend venting. You got to get that energy out. And then, you know, I said that I wasn't going to take a podcast interview this week. Boom. We, we recorded this last minute. So thank you so much. You, you are incredible. Your book is so incredible. I just want to point out that there are so many anecdotes in your book that are so simple yet so powerful for day-to-day mindset training. Like when you had your assistant and you took it on the trip and she was taking photos with the clients and you made this whole narrative up in your head about what the assistant was going to take over your business and blah, blah, blah. And then you talk to her and she actually didn't know that wasn't company policy. It was just, I think sisters that we talk about also the big expansiveness, the playing big and all these things. And there are things, micro things on a daily level about our relationships with others and the way we think what we think they're thinking, et cetera, et cetera, that can completely throw our energy off course. So not only is Gina's book going to give you that big playing field, it's also going to teach you on the smaller playing field how to not get misstep, how to not get stuck in things that don't deserve your attention, that are just complete fabrications in your mind. So thank you so much, Gina, truly. Can you let everybody know where to find you? Yes. Oh, Scout, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you for bringing such depth. I mean, this is the stuff I'm talking about. Like, I know this, your generation has it. And to be able to have the, the, the big glamour external, but this level of depth, authentic, authenticity, um, transparency, and just like contribution to others. I just want to close with, and then I'll leave my stuff. Please remember you playing big only blesses others. Like, I know we get so self-obsessed, like, oh, I'm going to live in the bigger home or I'm going to pay off the credit card or I'm going to do the, the whatever. But remember, it, it's not just there to bless you. It always impacts a double blessing. And to the degree that you don't show up and play that bigger game, you're withholding the double blessing on who it, it's meant for. So it's never, it's never just a one-way track. You don't need to feel guilty or think that it's selfish. It actually just keeps the expansion going. Mm, that's so beautiful. And the way that I think about that, the way I had to integrate that into my own life was I look at someone I admire and I ask myself, what if they decided to play small because they thought they were insecure about this or this or this, when really they are providing, not only are they expanding my viewpoint of what's possible. They have whatever followers, you know, it could be five to 250,000, whatever. That ripple effect is pretty large. You can create a ripple effect by just being in your divine state. 10,000%, 10,000%. So uh, if you want to stay in touch, come find me on Instagram. I'm at Gina DeVee. If you like this conversation, uh, you can get the book at divineliving.com forward slash book or wherever books are sold. And I also have a free companion course to the book. You don't even have to buy the book to get it, though I want you to. Um, you can go to divineliving.com forward slash audacity. There's books, uh, there's uh, workbooks, videos, 
Um, lots of positive programming. It's just what I wanted uh, women to have so that you can have your queenhood supported. Yes, sisters, buy this book. One, I mean, just letting you know the binding is really beautiful too. So it's like a beautiful book in general and I'm very all about that. So yes, sisters, buy the book. I'll leave a link in my show notes and you can follow me at Scout Sobel. And sisters, we will catch you later. Hey there, I'm Dr. Tracy Dalglish, clinical psychologist and couples therapist. If there's one thing I know from both my personal and clinical experience, it's that we are really good at comparing ourselves to others. We tend to get stuck in the unhelpful narratives that play on repeat in our minds, and we struggle to set boundaries and create healthy love. Each week, I bring you clinical knowledge and evidence-based research, experiences of sitting in the therapist chair and being a wife, mother, and business owner to talk about everyday issues we all face to help you you change the dialogue in your life. Tune in every Thursday to I'm Not Your Shrink wherever you listen to podcasts. While I'm not your shrink, I am still human and I'm excited for us to be in our vulnerability and humanness together.